Today's episode is brought to you by Source Forensics. Are you looking for a video conversion service? Well, look no further because I got one for you. If you are looking for fast, efficient, and honest, Source Forensics is your go-to. Since 2003, they have been converting weddings, baptisms, sports, and other videos. They have become a reputable and well-known video conversion service. Their team is up for every job managing projects with the skill and experience their clients have come to expect. They want their customers to be satisfied with their work, which is why they provide open communication. Today's episode is brought to you by Source Forensics. Are you looking for a video conversion service? Well, look no further because I got one for you. If you are looking for fast, efficient, and honest, Source Forensics is your go-to. Since 2003, they have been converting weddings, baptisms, sports, and other videos. They have become a reputable and well-known video conversion service. Their team is up for every job managing projects with the skill and experience their clients have come to expect. They want their customers to be satisfied with their work, which is why they provide open communication channels throughout the duration of each project. Trust Source with all your precious memories stored on various legacy formats, VHS tapes, DVDs, CDs, mini DVDs, cassettes, old vinyl, and 35mm slides. Whatever the job is, they got you covered. Contact them at 401-203-5019. Again, that's 401-203-5019. Or visit their website at www.sourceforensics.com. Again, that's www sourceforensics.com now for our episode Ball and R.I. and the Roadie Runback are happy to bring to you the Sunday Morning Basketball Recap Show hosted by Ramon De Los Santos and Jeff Marone let's go All right, welcome to the Sunday Morning Recap Show, hosted by Ramon De Los Santos, De Los Santos and Jeff Marone. Uh, you know, the season getting close to the end. We have a few days left of basketball, and then we have the playoffs to go. Uh, we had some exciting, exciting weeks for the – we had some exciting games for the week uh, and, you know, some movement in the playoffs, standings. Uh, Jeff Marone to the school record for 54. The points of the record uh, in a game, so we'll definitely have to we'll have that interview for you guys later in the show. Ramon, how are you doing? How what are your thoughts on this week and you know some movement we have going on? Yeah, no, definitely exciting. The last couple of days, a lot of teams making some statements at the end, getting some quality wins, some very pivotal wins. So the uh, playoff picture just keeps getting shaped and then reshaped. So definitely a lot of good games. Yeah, it's awesome. I know there's been some shakeup. Especially in Division Three, let's uh, let's just jump right into the Division Three games. We had St. Pat's versus Highlander on Friday. St. Pat's wins this game, seventy-five to forty-eight. Uh, they win this pretty easily. They had three guys in double figures with Ricky Fonseca, Keith Wilson, uh, Cameron Davis. Ricky was the top scorer with thirty-one points, and Kaishan T- Turner was the highest scorer for Highlander with twenty. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Not great game for St. Pat's. I mean. At this point, you got to just keep winning those injuries closer to kind of solidify that playoff spot. Ricky had a monster game. It was not only 31 points, but only have a, also had like 22 rebounds. So it was definitely a monster game. You know, sometimes we only see the scoring column, um, but some of those additional stats, you know, show a lot more about a player that, that sometimes we don't know. So he also had 22 rebounds, which is a monster game, 30-20 game. Wow, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that, I feel like that that St. Pat's team is uh, clicking on some uh, certain levels right there. I mean, 
Keith also had 16 and uh, Cameron had 14. So it's three guys and yeah. double figures. Those big double figures numbers. But yeah. all right, now Cameron got his first in-game dunk. So I want to give him a shout out for that. That was a nice little in-game dunk. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it looked awesome. A quick fast break and put down the, the flush. Yes. Um, all right, let's go to Prout versus North Smithfield. Uh, Prout ends up in this one, 47 to 36. Uh, this is a big game for Prout uh, as they, you know, the, to help them secure a playoff spot. They're led by John Estes with uh, six, 16 points over North Smithfield, who hung in there. What are your thoughts on this game for Prout? So this was a big game because they had a lot, a lot of player implications. So obviously Prout needed this win to kind of clinch the playoffs. North Smithfield needed this win to kind of stay alive and maybe clinch the playoffs. Um, and North Smithfield battled the whole way. It was a close game the whole way um, until it kind of Prout took away the lead at the end. Um, John Estes continues to do what he does. Um, but, you know, that's a big win for Proud. Tough loss for North Smithfield, and it kept some other teams alive in the playoff pitches because North Smithfield lost. Um, that's just the nature of things. You know, sometimes you don't wish to battle some teams, but you need some teams to lose for you to be able to clinch. So that kept some other teams alive when they lost. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's be interesting to see what the shakeup is there. And, uh, yeah, like you said, North Smithfield is buying for that spot. Um, speaking of a team that's buying for a spot, Central Falls versus East EWG, another playoff implication uh, matchup. Um, Central Falls comes up with a big win against EWG. Uh, this helps them make their playoff push, and they go three and three on the season. Um, you know, and they're led, led by Warren Galva and uh, Jaden Alberto with uh, 15 points. Great thoughts on Central Falls, and you know they started late in the season, and now they're making uh, you know another. They played six games in, I don't know, like two weeks, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, Central Falls has started early late, um, and, and they've had a, a tough schedule. They're playing like an NBA schedule. They're playing every other game, so they, I can't imagine they haven't been able to get a lot of practices in, like most teams, but even more so for them. But they've been able to get some good wins, um, and they have a lot of different people. They have different leading scorers all the time. So that means, you know, they have a team, you know, of players, different players that can step up. So good for Central Falls. Tough loss, tough, tough loss by EWG. They kind of started off strong and been kind of losing some games that maybe they should have won to solidify a playoff spot. But Central Force is going for their spot, so it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now let's go to uh, Davies versus Ponagansett. This one was a close one. Uh, Ponagansett almost upset Davies in this one uh, and ruined their undefeated season. Uh, Davies is, wins this one 79-77. Uh, Davies is led by Isaiah Gun. Gonzalez, uh, Isaiah with 22 points and Raheem Rainey with 17 points, but Sal Bianca led the way for Ponagansa with 26 points. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this one, Davies? Squeak this one out, out <laughs> just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so, obviously, so in, in D3, we have those two undefeated teams, and, you know, yeah, it's tough. Everybody's trying to knock off one of those, those undefeated teams. Davies was able to keep the undefeated season. Um, I know a lot of teams are probably watching that tape to see what Pano did to keep Raheem Rainey to just 17 points and to get a chance at almost winning. So a lot of people, a lot of teams are probably watching that tape, but they found a way to, you know, take out, um, get the win. That's what's important. Um, Sal Bianca's, you know, it's a tough, tough year for Pano, but he's been, he's been kind of uh, having a really good year. He can shoot it, he can shoot it really well. So anytime he has a little space, he's pulling it and, and he's making a lot of shots. But again, Tough, tough win. They only won by two points, but a win is a win. So Davis continues to be undefeated, which is very important. Not everybody can say the same, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was kind of funny. I looked at the box score. I was like, oh, Rainey, Rainey only had 17 points. I'm used to seeing like 23. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 17 is still a big deal, but I'm like used to seeing them the 20s. So yeah, yeah. Like, his like, average went down because that game from like, you know, 27 point something per game to like 26, 
Um, still average. He's still the leading scorer in the state, I'm pretty sure, about <laughs> 20, 20 something. Um, and an amazing talent. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then let's go to the last on the well, was the last undefeated team in Division Three, BV Blackstone Valley Prep with the upset over Times Squared Academy last night, ending their ending their uh, undefeated season run. Uh, they're you know BVP is led by Xavier Mendez who had twenty seven points and Jordan Mendez who chips in for sixteen. Times Square had four guys in double figures, but it wasn't enough to beat uh, Blackstone Valley Prep. What are your thoughts on that and the upset there? Yeah, no, big, big upset there. I mean, Times Square was the other undefeated team, having a great season. Like we said about Times Square, yeah, they have a great team, deep talent. Um, but BVP came ready to play. And we know BVP has had some ups and downs. We we see Blackstone Valley Prep, you know, play really good one game, and then another game they kind of not as as good. But they put it all together for this game. They play well from beginning to end. And Xavier Mendes was a man. So we only see the 27 points there and the bot scores, right? But he he just lit, lit up the statue. He had it over and, you know, he had a double-double rebounds, had like five blocks, has a lot of assists. He, he was doing it. He was doing it all. So, you know, that, that ends time soon, you know, undefeated season. And, you know, obviously they're ranked number one in D3. So what, what happens now? Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely, you know, towards the end of the season, a big shakeup um, in Division Three. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, well, let's see those rankings because we'll see, let's see what happens now. Because I'm, I'm interested to see what the shakeup was because D three was there's some there were some good games. Yes, let's see it. All right, so Division Three, um, like we said, nice little shakeup here at the end. Uh, that big win by Blackstone Valley Prep. So, um, some of the top teams are going to stay in the top um, just because they've won all year, and you know, just one loss is not going to knock them out of the rankings, but. There's a lot of people trying to get in. Um, Moses Brown has been playing very good basketball, beating a, a couple of teams recently. You know, they've been on a nice little win streak. Prout got a nice win recently. Uh, but that win by Blackstone Valley Prep was just too big. Um, so they get that fifth spot uh, to end up, you know, the top five rankings. They That was a huge win. You beat the number one team in Division Three, and you've already had a decent record. That kind of automatically puts you in the rankings. So got to give it up to the BVP for jumping back in the rankings a week before the last regular season ranking. So really good win for them. Number four, Sam Patrick's. We talked about they've been playing good all year. They've continued winning. Um, they're clicking. Certainly they have all their, their good players kind of playing well at, at the right time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do in the playoffs. Number three, West Warwick. So this is where it got a little interesting because West Warwick lost earlier in the year. They've been trying to climb back up. Uh, and then we had the two undefeated teams at the top. Um, so West Warwick is that third spot. Time two drops, obviously. You lose. Um, you had a previously undefeated season. They could have dropped to three if West Warwick could overtake them. Um, but I believe Time two, you know, just had that one loss against a very good BVP team. Um, they kind of just dropped one spot to number two because they were number one before. And now the new number one, Division three, Davies. They've been doing it all year, had a close game um, recently, but they've been doing it all year, undefeated season. Congratulations to them top team in Division Three is Davies. What do you think about these? I think these are great, yeah. Uh, you know, Davies definitely deserves number one. They had, a, you know, a great undefeated season. And Times 2 and West Warwick was definitely a toss-up. And I think Times 2 definitely deserves to be in that two spot because BVP, I think, is a really good team that, like we talked about, I think they had some really good – like with Xavier and, uh, you know, Jordan, those are some really good players and good scores. And it seems like that's another team that's just clicking right. And yeah, I, I, I like these. These are all good. Like West Warwick, West Warwick's tough. I think I think Division Three playoffs are going to be super interesting because I feel like it's it's up for grabs. To be honest with you, 
No, definitely. And honestly, when I look at these Division Three teams, I feel like any of these have a chance to win at all. So that's that's kind of what's going to make it interesting because we're going to see some of these teams match up when they're all playing the best. Um, and and it's going to be very interesting. These players are happening fast, right? So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to see those games just one after the other. Yeah, yeah. One more week to go. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, let's uh, let's check out the playoff picture. All right, here is the Division Three playoff outlook once again. Division Three is the top three from each league makes the playoffs with by best winning percentage as well too. Uh, the balls. So there was some shakeup from uh, last week's. Uh, Central Fall is now in the playoffs as a number eight seed. Situate drops to a nine seed. Um, and now Davies still stays at number one. St. Pat's moves up to a four seed. They're originally a five. Blackstone Valley Prep was a seven seed. They are now a five seed. Westwork is the two seed. And they were the three seed originally. Before that, Moses Brown jumps in. Uh, they are now the seven seed. Um, and then times two. Uh, it stays, uh, moves down to a three seed and then Prout was originally a five seed and now they are six seed. What do you think thoughts on these playoffs and these potential matchups as we close in close to the playoffs? Yeah, so obviously, as we always say, this is what it would look like if the season had already ended. Obviously, some teams have um, a couple games to play, so there's still some movement, but this is amazing. Like, as soon as I saw this, I was like, wow, with that four or five matchup, like if we could see Sam Pass versus Blackstone Valley in the first round. Um, that'll be awesome. That'll be a great game. Uh, a lot of good talent, a lot of athleticism. Um, that'll be great to watch. Uh, and then I think West Warwick versus Moses Brown would be great as well. I think Moses Brown, uh, they, they're kind of playing a lot better now towards the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see because I think that those two teams, their styles match up pretty well. So it'll be good to see. Um, and times two dropping all the way to the three C, it's tough. Um, and they get a proud, if they would get a proud team that, that, you know, it's, it's a lot of good players and very well coached. So, you know, that's, that's a risky game for, you know, for a team that, you know, had been undefeated and now has to play, you know, a tougher matchup. So these, these will all be great. This will be great to see. Yeah, definitely. I fully agree. It's going to be interesting. Westwork and Moses Brown, and played each other earlier, the first game of the season this year. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup. I feel like Moses Brown has kind of come more into their home as the season, season went on. So it's going to be, uh, that'd be a good matchup. And like you said, the St. Pat's PVP matchup, I think it's going to be, one of the matchups to watch in the in the first round. No, definitely. And I think one thing to, to know that a lot of people may not know is that for these playoffs, only specific league games that were part of what they call the master schedule is what matters. So a lot of teams have been scheduling a lot of non-league games just to be able to, you know, to have kids playing regularly. So a lot of kids may be wondering how, how come we beat this team and that doesn't, you know, matter for the playoffs. It's just those specific league games that were originally scheduled, those are the ones that matter for so that's why there's a little confusion, but this is kind of why we put these playoffs out together so people can understand. Definitely, definitely. And uh, just a side note too, I think Davies and West Warwick played each other early in, this, in the season, and that actually game that game was actually a non-league considered a non-league game yeah. because it was just scheduled for get the kids playing. But yeah, this is that's a good point too, Ramon. I'm glad you brought that up because I think some kids had questioned why they didn't make it because it's just specifically league games only. So. All right. Uh, speaking of leagues, well, let's go jump to Division Two. Uh, all right. Let's now we're on to Division Two. Uh, we had, on Friday night we had Tiverton versus Cherho. Cherho was able to get the victory on this one, sixty-five to thirty-nine. Um, Cherho was led by Tyler Bell. Uh, he was the leading scorer for Cherho with seventeen points, and Jared, Jared Landach and Ever, Evan Trio 
Torrio, uh, both had 10 points for Tiverton. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jero and uh, Tiverton in this game? Yeah, so some two teams that might have not been having, you know, the best season um, so far. But Charles has been getting a couple wins here and there that, you know, quality wins. And Tiverton's had a tough year. Tiverton, um, for years, we're at powerhouse in D3, moved up to D2, and now they're having a, a tough year this year with a lot of younger players. Um, so big, big good win for Charaho, kind of you know, towards the end of the season, ending on a high note, um, and, and tough loss for Tiverton. But, I mean, two teams that are only going to continue to get better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then um, we'll go to Hope versus uh, St. Ray's. St. Ray's uh, wins this one. 67 to 58. You know, St. Ray's is three and four in the season. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure off the top of my head, they still have some games left to play because uh, they're close to making that playoff push. They can win a couple couple more games. But St. Ray's is led by Jalen Sherman, who had 20 points, and uh, Jaden DeLabombo at 14 points for them. You know, St. Ray's is currently outside looking in for the for the playoffs. What are your thoughts on them? And, you know, I so Sam Ray's also had, you know, to pause, you know, team activities and whatnot. So that's why they're a little behind with the league games. But, I mean, they, they've made the most of it. I mean, they um, it, have been winning a, a lot of games that, you know, maybe some people wouldn't expect them to win. And that's kind of what you got to do to kind of earn those playoff spots. Um, yeah, so good to see, you know, kids like, like Jalen Sherman scoring 20. Jalen DeLomba have been doing it all year. The kid, honestly, really good player, good handle, has good court vision. Um Obviously, we don't get to see all the stats, but I can imagine, you know, he's averaging, you know, over seven assists. The kid, is, he's just, his vision is that good. Um, so big win for Sam Rays. Tough loss for Hope. They've had a really tough season. Um, Juan Severino's kind of been their, their lone bright spot. Kid can score regardless, you know, of who they're playing against. So so good for them to continue to build for the, towards the future, just hoping that, you know, they can get some steady talent so that they can kind of make a, a run maybe next year or a couple of years from now. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And then we'll go to uh, Middletown versus Rogers. Rogers wins this one 66 to 51. Uh, Rogers comes off a back to back win. Uh, they won Friday night against Mount Hope as well, too. And Rogers beats their uh, in the rival game against Middletown here. And Rogers able to win this one by 15. They're led by Roshan Fleming with 22 points. And Doug Madden for Middletown had uh, 16 points. What are your thoughts on uh, Rogers playing back to back game, game and getting two wins back to back? Yeah, no, like, like I said, these schedules are getting crazy. So these teams, <laughs> you know, have to play back-to-back -back games, you know, two games in three days. Um, but, you know, they're making the most of it. And Rodgers is doing just that. You know, those back-to-back -back wins help a lot. Um, Rashawn's been playing good all year. Um, he, you know, he's somebody, you, you get the ball, you know, from anywhere from the free throw line down, and he, he's going he's gonna to score. Like, he's just quick first step, can elevate. Um, so, yeah, looking to see what Rodgers can continue to do. I don't know how many more games they have left, but, they're a team, you know, again, another team that started late and just been kind of making the most of their season. And, uh, and then uh, the final game of the Saturday night was Johnson versus Lincoln. Uh, Johnson was just won 60-49. Johnson's another team that's coming off the back-to-back, -back, and they actually beat an undefeated Wheeler team in a big win uh, for them. And then this, this matchup uh, on Saturday was a rematch of last year's D3 championship. They were able to get the victory by 11 and led by Tom Zednek. With 20 points and Hunter Remington, who had 16, and Octavio's Octavio, he had 25 for, for Lincoln. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Johnson? Because Johnson's made a good, good little run here as well, too. Now, yeah, Johnson's making an amazing run here. Those are two huge wins back to back. First beating, you know, previously undefeated Wheeler, and now beating, you know, Lincoln. And they just do it as a team. So both of these games I watched from beginning to end. 
Um, so there's certain games that kind of just catch my attention and I start watching and I don't, you know, I don't stop watching. And, you know, that game against Wheeler, they just, every time, you know, Wheeler made a run, they found a way to kind of push him back. Um, same thing here with Lincoln. With Lincoln, they were kind of up pretty much the whole game and, you know, they, they were able to just go. Tom Zednick is just so athletic and then his mid-range jump shot, it's, it's legit. So sometimes when he shoots it, you're like, oh, why, why, why is he shooting? And why is he not driving to the basket? But it goes in. And then the guards, Hunter, Remington, and Derek um, oh. Salvatore, those kids are balling. So that, that game against Wheeler, Derek Salvatore, every time Wheeler got a little close, he was just making threes from like five feet behind the line. And I'm like, wow. And he can handle the ball. And then Hunter also um, against Lincoln just kind of took over at the end um, and was able to seal out the win. So they're definitely clicking at the right time. Some huge wins for Johnston. Um, and then tough loss for some of those other teams. Lincoln, you know, got close, you know, got ranked, I think, all the way up to third in Division two, and then just started kind of losing some games. So that kind of helped reels them back. And then Wheeler, I feel like I've been hurting them. I've been kind of – it hurts them all year that they started kind of late with the league games. So I've been – they've been staying off the rankings, even though they hadn't lost in the, in the league game. Um, so finally, they were going to get in, um, you know, or they might still get in. Right? <laughs> They're going to get in, uh, and then, you know, they lose the game against Johnson. That's very tough. So um, – it's just that time of year where every win, every game matters so much. Yeah, yeah, it's closing, it's closing quick, and yeah, this is uh, some big wins for Johnson. And uh, let's see, let's see, what we got for uh, your rankings. If you mentioned, let's see what Wheeler is. If they made it, or if they didn't make it. All right, so Division Two, like I mentioned, um, definitely some shakeup. Now there's some teams that lost. There's some teams who be making a run, trying to get into the rankings. There's teams who, um, like I said, Wheeler before they just had some little league games that it was tough to, you know, just give them credit for being undefeated when they had played such a little game. So we had kind of cut them off the rankings. Um, but here's what we got for Division Two now. Tolman, you know, had, had gone up as high as, I think, third in the Division Two. You know, they're settling at number five now. Um, had a tough loss recently, but they've, you know, they've, they're, I think, believe seven to two um, in, in Division Two. So, you know, got to give them credit where credit's due, right? So they've been playing some good games, beating some good teams. They've had some losses, but Still, you know, team high in the standings, so got to give them some credit and put them in the Division Two rankings. Number four, Wheeler. So Wheeler gets in. Um, they only have one loss, but they still have, I believe, three league games to play. So, yes, they only have one loss, but they play, you know, as fewer, you know, three fewer games than some teams who already have their nine league games. So we got to kind of wait and see what they do. If they go undefeated the rest of the this, of the season, they end up, you know, at, at eight and one then, you know, then you, you kind of give them credit for that. But for right now, that's kind of way that, where they are now. Um, they would have been higher, obviously, if, if now they were 6-0 six six instead of 5-1. But that loss to Johnston kind of settles them in at number four. Um, but definitely a team that's very, very talented. Um, Travis Cobain is a lethal, lethal scorer. So defenses try everything. And they can't do it. So I, I was watching the game the other day against Lincoln. And Lincoln started with like a diamond and one, you know, press on him and I was like oh and he made them get out of that right away because he was still scoring so <laughs> yeah um, really good kid really good kid um number three Portsmouth so I think really the flip up there would have been if Wheeler um had been undefeated Wheeler could have gone up to as high as number two um with that loss that kind of keeps Portsmouth at number three who's you know like I said had those first tough losses at the beginning of the year to Pilgrim and East Greenwich but then has just been winning ever since so they get that they get credit for that Pilgrim continues to be, you know, uh, number two there. Um, I said they lost to Ace Greenwich. They haven't lost anyone else. Um, so it was fun watching them battle against uh, St. George's. Um, 
team you know, prep school that's very, very good. It was, able, it was good to see that matchup between uh, Taylor Bowen and, and Tyreek Weeks that I was hoping for that I got. Uh, so I was good to watch. Um, but Pilgrim is legit. Pilgrim is ready for the playoffs. And then number one, no surprise there. He's going to just continues to win. Finish their undefeated season. Jack is playing amazing. All the you know role players are playing amazing as well. So it'll be good to see what they do in the playoffs. What do you think here? I think these are I think these are great. Yeah, I think it's it's funny because at Division Two South, those are all the top three teams in Division Two South in the standings. They're really tough, and Wheeler went on a great run. I think, like you said, Travis Colbin is an unbelievable player. He dropped 32, I believe, against Lincoln, and he also had 28 against Johnston. So he's he's a baller, man. He can he can play. Colbin is right there. Like you said, they had a tough they had a tough loss against Lincoln, but you know keeps him in keeps him in the rankings. Is there an outside looking in? Who do you have anyone on uh, like six six in that six seven spot? You know, off the top of your head. Yeah, it's crazy because um. In Division Two, there's just so many scenarios, so there's still so much to be figured out. Um, but a team like Johnston that made a that's making a run towards the end now, being some good quality teams, could sneak in, could have snuck, snuck in if some of these other teams had lost. Um, it's just I think Division Two, a lot of teams already have their kind of records kind of established, and they already finished all the league games. And you know, if you're seven and two, it's tough to, you know, put a team above above you, even though they've been winning lately. So like, yeah, like those top three teams kind of have been. Settle into there. Wheeler's trying to get in there. So Wheeler runs out the rest of the season. They're going to probably, you know, bump one of those teams out because, they, you know, they just, we're just waiting for them to get their league games in. We know they're good, just waiting for them to get their league games in to kind of solidify their spot. But yeah, Division Two is tough and a lot is going to change. Like, we're going to show the playoff seating in a little bit, but a lot is going to change there. Yeah, big time, big time. That's going to be, that's going to be interesting. Uh, would you, let's uh, jump to those uh, Division Two playoffs and see what, if there's been any shakeup from last week of what we started the season were to end last week and if the season were to end this week. All right, let's do it. Here are the Division Two playoffs outlook and what we have so far. Reminder, the season ended today. This is what it looked like. And just a reminder that the four, the four South and the five North end up playing each other in the first round and vice versa for the five South and the four North end up playing each other. And then, uh, then two, uh, north and then three south and then vice versa two south and then three north end up playing each other so this is what it uh looks like if the, the season were to end today so rogers uh actually was a five seed last week now they're a four seed and then lincoln had was a four seed last week and now they're a five seed in the north so this is these two teams would face off against each other johnson uh with their run they able to sneak in so they are now a four seed in the north and uh Coventry still stays at a five seed in the south east Greenwich takes it still number one in the south uh and i believe has taken that spot number one um and then it's portsmouth versus tolman still and the uh the south south north matchup there and then we have wheeler north right now currently where they have some games left to play and then uh burrowville is three in the north and then pilgrim is two in the south they would face each other in the first round what are your thoughts on these matchups and uh some, a little bit of shake up what do you, what... yeah no no some amazing matches and it'll be good to just see the crossover so a lot of these obviously the south teams have played each other all year north has played each other all year but it'll be good to see some of these crossover matches like you know just looking at you know number two number three pilgrim versus burrowville Obviously, Burrow isn't playing good all years, has some tough losses, but they have a very good defensive team. To see them go against Pilgrim would be amazing. Um, you know, Portsmouth, Toman, another good game. Toman, you know, has been playing well. Um, 
where we get to see them against a very tough Portsmouth team. I think sometimes when you look at the, the, the standings, it may look like, you know, the South is a lot stronger than the North just based off records. But does that mean that the, you know, the North is tougher because they're beating up on each other or it's just, you know, so it'll be just good to see them go against each other in, a, in, in those cross matchups. So, yeah, Division Two and Division One when they actually get to crossover is going to be very fun to watch because, you know, they haven't played each other at all. So. Yeah, it's going to it's be great. Is there, do you think there's like a four or five seed that like might have the possibility to, you know, make a run or, you know, even make an upset? Well, I think Lincoln is a very, very good team. Obviously, they've lost a couple games recently. So, you know, if they stay where they are now and they have to, you know, face East Greenwich after they, they win, they're, they're kind of pretty much like their playing matchup. That's a tough matchup. But I think Lincoln can make a run because we have Tavia Brito um, and and I don't want to mispronounce his name, but Ch Chidobe, I think is the other guy's name. Yeah. Um, Nolanko, like those are two very big athletic players and they have a lot of other good players too. They had... Um, a small shooter, uh, Preston Souza, who, who's, who's plays, who plays very well too. So um, they can make a little run. And, like if they get in there and for somehow are able to upset East Greenwich, they can make a little run. Same thing with Johnson. We see what they could do. We see what they've been able to do. If Johnson can, you know, sneak by Wheeler and then all of a sudden, you know, they're playing other teams, that'll be interesting. But that'll be fun to watch. But if a four or five team can make a little run, but it's tough because I think Division Two is very top heavy, and, and this for a reason. You know, they're top heavy. Those teams are very good. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think uh, it's pretty much almost, I feel like it's almost anyone's game with all these teams, like like you mentioned, all the, the South, the record in the South, everyone's pretty close in record. And then, you know, the North, like you said, the North looks like they're just beating up on each other and trying to fight and all battling for position right now. But yeah, this, these uh, it's going to be interesting once, uh, you know, the season ends and the final stands and the standings are completed and see where everyone is. Um, yeah. Uh, let's go to the actually so we have we do have an interview with number one seat of the south east greenwich uh jack mcmullen we'd be ashamed if we didn't mention congratulations to jack on his 54 points and you know making in a single scoring record with 13 points uh 13 three uh single scoring record for east greenwich and he had 13 three pointers and just an unbelievable night i mean what are your thoughts about that game before we uh, get into that interview I mean, Jack did a great game. Obviously, he's finished having a great year and um, great basketball player, but even a much better kid. And you'll be able to see that in any We just had some great talks with Jack. Um, and he's a kid who I think has a bright future, you know, um, in basketball, outside of basketball. Um, so it's good to have kind of an ambassador of, of our, you know, high school basketball game. Like, like Jack is just a good kid. Um, so, yeah, great talks, great laughs with Jack. Um, so definitely a, a good interview. Yeah. All right, here's Jack. All right. All right. We welcome on to the show Jack McMullen. Uh, you know, Jack McMullen signing autographs and all making all these interviews and everything like that. And we appreciate his time for joining us. Jack, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, no problem. All right. So Jack, I want to get into it. Uh, you know, last night you had a record setting night. Uh, you did some great things. Uh, what is what is it feeling like scoring 54? Um, I, I, it's, it's really cool feeling, honestly, um, a lot of hard work that I've put in with, uh, my teammates, coaches, and my dad at night shooting, and then having so many people text me last night, reaching out like the EGBA community, um, kids that I've, you know, wor like watched over the years, uh, reaching out is, it was just, uh, it was really cool and nice. It was a good night. Nice. 
Good, good to hear. So talk a little bit more about like what it meant, not just to you, but your family, specifically your dad. You mentioned your dad. What did, what did it mean to him? Oh, I mean, he's, he's, he's my number one, my number one guy, really. Like we spent so many hours in the gym, like gym shooting. Um, he, he cares and wants it so bad for me and making him proud coming home because he couldn't go to the game, coming home and just seeing the smile on his face. I mean, it was, I was so proud that I made him proud. That's, that's great. That's really great. And then, you know, when you're shooting those three pointers, you, you made 13 three pointers after you hit like a few, were you like, okay, are one of these going to miss? Or you just, were just like, keep firing to see what happens. Heat check. Well, yeah. Once, once I get in a groove, I usually keep, keep shooting until I get like a, a back rim or something like that. Cause usually after I said this previously to someone else, like once you hit four in a row, usually the back rims start coming in, like, cause you know, like get unlucky, but Last night they kept on falling, and it, I mean I wasn't mad about the no back rim. <laughs> and did you realize how many you had as you were playing? And you know, were you kind of hoping you could stay in the game for those final three minutes and get sixty, or were you cool with like I broke the record, let's get me out of here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I wasn't mad on the bench after you know the last two minutes. I wasn't frustrated, but I didn't know how many points I had. But I knew I hit. I've, I've hit a lot of threes because. I just, I hit a lot, kind of. So I knew I, I, I knew I was probably up there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, um, Ruan, do you want to ask the next question? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I, I think, and, you know, you, you and the team, you know, you guys are clicking really well undefeated season. Mm-hmm. How do you compare this team to that Pat Shea buzzer beater team from a couple of years ago? You think you guys could pull it off and win it all this year? Oh, hopefully the same thing, but that, the Pat Shea buzzer beater 2019 team was uh, going into playoffs as a 10 seed, winning a playoff game like there, like that's all we needed. Keep on winning, upset, upset, upset. And then seeing that buzzer beater shot go in, it was just like incredible. This year, a little different, but hopefully same result. Uh, we're, I think we locked in one seed last night. So playoffs start two weeks. Hopefully we win three games and, you know, end it, end it how we all want to. That's great. Yeah, you guys look like you're having a lot of fun out there when you guys are all playing. So it looks like you guys are having a great time. Now, uh, now, what are your plans after high school? Are you going straight to the NBA draft? Uh, you got college, you got prep school, we got autographs coming out. Can I get an autograph? Yeah. Can Ramon and I get an autograph? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm honestly considering prep school just another year to better my grades, uh, get a year in the weight room uh, and develop as a player and mature a little bit, honestly. So <laughs> to get ready for the next step in college because I've talked to a few coaches and they they really want to see me play live and want to see me play in person so I think another year of prep school uh, help my academics develop as a person and a player that would be I, I think that'd be the best fit for me but I'm not not set with a single thing yet that's that's great that's awesome well I mean that's that's all the questions I have Ramon do you have anything to add or anything or now, how do you follow up a 54-point game? What do you what do you got in store for commentary? Uh, undefeated, undefeated regular season. That's what we got. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. That's crazy. 55. He's got 55. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, mean, I don't think that will happen again. Yeah. Well, well, Jack, that was it was an awesome performance. It's a very, you know, rare to see a 54 point performance, uh, you know, in, in the high school level. And that's just absolutely amazing what you did last night. And Great shooting overall. We've seen we started those shots, man. Those shots were bombs. Like that. Any, yeah. Anything. But as, as all three point shooting goes, like for every every make, there's a miss. So I'm due for a. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> hopefully, I'm practice tomorrow. I'm due for like a ten misses in a row. 
there you go. But now definitely congratulations. And um, any uh, prep school or college coach is going to be lucky to get you. You know, not just a good basketball player, but a great young man. So um, definitely wish you the best of luck in basketball in the future. That means a lot. I, I appreciate you guys having me on and everything you, you do for everyone and uh, all the kids in Rhode Island. Thank you. We appreciate it. Well, well Jack, thank you very much. And uh, good luck going forward with the playoffs and everything. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, all right. On to Division One. That was a great interview with Jack. Definitely uh, congratulations to him. So let's move on to Division One. Let's just start in with some of the non-league games. Uh, first, we had St. George's versus Pilgrim. Not Division One. Pilgrim's Division Two, but non-league. St. George's second game back in action. Um, you know, they won on Friday night and they ended up, this is kind of a matchup we want to see Tyreek versus uh, Taylor Bo Bowman. Uh, you know, Taylor Bo Bowman had 22 points and uh, Dominic Mello had 22 points. And then Peter Kay for Pilgrim and had 16 and Tyreek had 13. What are your thoughts on this matchup, St. George's versus Pilgrim? Yeah, so, I mean, it was good to see St. George's, uh, as they call it, the lockout was finally over for them. Uh, <laughs> they started very, very late compared to any other teams. But St. Andrew's been playing, um, our high school teams for a while now, but St. George started a little late. Um, and they, their first game, St. George's in classical was a good one. Obviously, you could you could tell with St. George's first game, they had a lot of things they had to figure out. Um, and classical is a tough team, so classical made it tough for them to just, you know, a lot of times you expect these prep schools to just beat on the RIL teams, but classical made it tough. But, you know, St. George was able to pull out that win, and then you see them against Pilgrim, like, right, another good matchup. Pilgrim started up, but I think it was like 15 to nine, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, so Pilgrim's gonna give them a run. Um, and then St. Joe's were able to do some work. Pilgrim was able to battle back after the third quarter. I think Pilgrim was only down five. But, I mean, like you said, those two guys, Don Mello and Taylor Bowen, were just too tough. I mean, both Division One studs. Taylor Bowen is, like, ranked, you know, top 20 in the country. In the country. Yeah. Not in Rhode Island, in the country. And the kid is very, very good. Long, can drive it, can shoot it. Um, but Don Mello's playing amazing. He, he could just shoot it so well. Um, but, hey, Pilgrim play amazing. Peter Kay. Look like he belonged there. You know, he's playing some Division One products, um, playing at the top prep school, and Peter was just shooting it, getting to where he needed to get to, step backs, layups. Um, so give him a lot of props. And yeah, that matchup between Taylor Bowen and Tyreek Reese is exactly what I wanted. You could see, I mean, you couldn't really hear, but you could kind of see a little, you know, chip in here and there. Like it was like they were going at it. And so it was amazing to see. But a great game for St. George. It's a nice little tune up game for them. Great game for Pilgrim to play a really good team like that before they start getting ready for the playoffs. So that's why these non-league games that were scheduling this extra week of regular season are very important for some of these teams. So think about it. a team like Pilgrim goes and plays St. George's, kind of gets used to that level of competition, then they come back and play a, another Division II team. That, that's kind of a, a, a good tune-up game for them. So very, very good for, for us to see St. George's and very good to see some of our teams in the RIL um, battle against them. So that was very good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then we had another one too. We had St. Andrews versus Shea. Uh, St. Andrews was 150 to 40. Um, they're led by uh, Liggins, who had 17 points, and Dylan's 15 points. I apologize for not having the first names because I didn't see it in the box score. So I apologize to the young men that they are watching the show that I apologize for having the last <laughs> first yeah. name. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, Shea hung in there. Uh, they're, they're led by Joey Ray Serrano. Serrano with 13 points and uh, Kenny Silvio Miranda with 10 points for Shea. So, you know, what are your thoughts on St. Andrews too as well? And not, you, like you mentioned, the prep school points from IRL schools. So, yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, this has been a tough year, obviously with COVID and everything. A tough season. I'm glad we'll be able to play the games. But there's been two positives that I really like about 
this year. One, all the teams are streaming their games now, so it's awesome to just be able to tune in and watch all the games around the state. And then two, School Lake St. Andrews is playing a lot of our IL teams. They have no choice but to this year, right? But thanks to Coach Hart for, you know, doing all the hard work to make sure he schedules all these games. Thanks for all the IL teams who are signing up for this. And St. Andrews Varsity has been able to play a lot of our teams. Um, you know, they've having, they're, they're not as deeply talented, obviously, as their cut team, but they've been able to get some good games. So this is good for them to get a win against Shea. Um, Liggins and Gordon Billings have been playing well all year, so they've been kind of leading that team. So it's good to see them kind of continue to do that. All right, for Shea, it's a good game. It's a good non-league game, you know, to kind of step out of the RIL and go play a decent team. Um, tough loss for them, but I, I think it's just a good, it's just good that the, these kids are getting to play basketball over and over again, so. Definitely, definitely. And I think uh, in an interview later today, I have with Coach Hart coming out. Um, he he mentions that he's been enjoying playing some of the games here in Rhode Island because uh, he doesn't have to travel as far. So he's like, <laughs> he's like, boom, I'm home. <laughs> I just hope, I just hope when I ask you, Coach Hart, continue scheduling these games going forward. Obviously, this year you had to. Um, and obviously, when you have a, a busier schedule um, in the NEPSAC, you know, you have no choice but to cut that down. But continue to schedule, you know, maybe one or two teams into your schedule early in the year, just to kind of um, get your team ready. Because I think we love to watch it, and those, and it's a great opportunity for those kids to stack up against some of the great talent at St. Andrews. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Very, uh, you know, excited too for the St. Andrews uh, Georges uh, soon to be matchups coming up soon. Right. So, um, obviously, a lot of their schedules aren't public, but I think you know they have at least two games scheduled very soon. Um, and I'm hoping they can add a couple more because, like I said, I think I said it joking around a couple weeks ago. Why are they not playing a seven game series? Like, that would be amazing. Just set up a seven game series, let us watch it over and over again. Um, but it would be good to see that that first matchup. I think they're playing on March 5th, the first matchup, just to see where they really stack up. Because I think last year, um, with Tyler Kolek, I think St. Andrews was able to beat St. Andrews, and it was like, oh, oh, St. Andrews lost an in state team. Like, that's tough to see. So, it'll be good to see St. Andrews, you know have revenge on their mind, maybe, um, yeah. but it'll be a great matchup um, to see. It's very exciting, too, for Rhode Island, you know, for those two prep schools to be in Rhode Island and what they're doing, along with Rocky Hill is also making a, a climb up in that NEPSAC as well, too, so it's going to be be great to, you know, help put Rhode Island on the map, too, with some recruiting, and it helps, I think it might help over the RL with some RL players playing some of those NEPSAC teams. That's definitely. All right. All right, let's jump into the Division One. We had uh, Smithfield versus uh, Barrington on Friday. Barrington wins this one, 69-49. They beat them by 20. Uh, You know, Barrington, this helps Barrington make their playoff case. They're led by Connor Sullivan and Matt Rafa. Rafa. Both had 12 points, uh, while uh, Smithfield was led by Mike Tardelega with 20 points. Sorry if I butchered your last name, Mike. Um, what are your thoughts on this game for Barrington and, you know, Smithfield as well, too? Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, player implication with that game. Obviously, both teams I think were, may have been 4-4 four four at the time. Um, so it's a big win for Barrington. Barrington had another pivotal game earlier in the week against Cumberland, which, you know, Cumberland was able to kind of sneak out and win. Um, Kilo had a great game there. But Barrington needed this one, and they got it. Uh, uh, Matt Raffer's been playing great old game. Connor Sullivan's a big man who's Honestly, they need to feed the ball more down to because he's very effective. It's just they're not able to get him the ball as much. So that's a big win for Barrington. Tough loss for Smithfield, um, but huge win for Barrington. Um, and Barrington, I want to give a shout out to my guy, Sean Bono. Um, he unfortunately hurt his wrist during this game and kind of his season's over. Um, so just want to wish him a speedy recovery. Um, 
but you know, Barrett's have been playing well, and you know, for Smithfield, they they had they had a, a much better season than I expected. Uh, and, and Mike Tartaglia um, was has been able to play well all game all year. They had Jaden Sanders playing well all year, so a tough loss for Smithfield in a very pivotal spot, but. That's how it goes, you know. One team has to win, another has to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then speaking of uh, Cumberland, they ended up playing Woonsocket, and Woonsocket was able to get the upset here against uh, uh, Cumberland, which is, I think is, is a big win, a, a tough loss for Cumberland. It's a big loss for Cumberland and a big win for Woonsocket. Woonsocket had five guys in double figures. Uh, you know, Shane uh, Shane was 16, Abu with 15, Devante uh, with 14 and Jahib uh, with 12 points and uh, Jared Downing with 11 points. And then Colin, who uh, looks like who has made his return for Cumberland, led all scores with 32 points. What are your thoughts on this game for Cumberland and, uh, you know, for Woonsocket as well? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been an up and down season for a lot of teams. So Cumberland earlier in the week gets a huge one against Barrington to kind of solidify their spot. So now I'm saying, they, you know, they probably look ahead to Woonsocket. We win that one, you know. We're gonna, you know, shoot up the not just the power rankings, but also the playoff seating. Um, and then, but that's a rivalry again. We talk about rivalries; anything can happen. And sure enough, Woonsocket wins a big one. That's a big upset for them. I'm sure they they wanted that, they needed that. Tough loss for Cumberland, but Woonsocket's been playing well over here. Except that you can see balanced scoring, um, and, and Jared Downing specifically has been playing very well. A lot of assists um, and, and a lot of scoring. Good to see Colin back out there. Colin, you know, we've been waiting for him to, to play all year comes out with 32 points his first game, <laughs> unfortunately in a loss. So Colin, keep it going. Um, but, uh, we, you know, Cumberland needs to win. Um, and, you know, they're going to most, you know, very likely in the playoffs. I think they are in the playoffs. They're going to get a, a, you know, division one's going to be tough the whole way. So going to get a tough matchup, but I'm sure it's, it makes it a lot easier with Colin back on the court. Definitely, definitely. And then our final game for division one was Mount Pleasant versus Wesley. Mount Pleasant wins this one, 66 to 37. Uh, they were able to get a victory over Wesley and uh, Hansel Hayes uh, had 29 points to lead the way for Mount. Uh, I mean, he had 22 points to lead the way for Mount Pleasant. What are your thoughts on Mount Pleasant's a winnable game to beat the team they're supposed to beat? What are your thoughts on this one? I know Mount Pleasant beat up on your hometown, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but Mount Pleasant's really good. They're very, very good. Um, They've been good all year, and, and Hansel Hayes has just been leading the way. He's, like I said, he's just such a good scorer, so I wasn't surprised to see this big win. Um, from Mount Pleasant, it's just about, you know, how they do against the top team. So, they you know, they played against Hendrickson and lost against Hendrickson, which, you know, which is tough. And they played LaSalle this week and lost against LaSalle. So, it's you know, they got to beat some of these top teams to consider themselves a top team. Um, so, it'll be good to see, you know, where they end up in the playoffs. Obviously, their, their seeding is going to drop because they're losing some of these games. So it'll be, they're going to get some tough matchups. So, they, you know, they're going to get to face some of these teams again in the playoffs. So they just got to make sure they, they show up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's see those uh, rankings and see if there's any shakeups from this past week with the power rankings. Okay, so Division One, um, I guess compared to the other two divisions that have some shakeups, might be a boring week for Division One when it comes to power rankings. Uh, some things changed, but a lot of things just stayed the same. Um, those top four teams kind of solidify themselves early in the year. So, you know, a loss um, is not necessarily going to knock them out. Um, there are some teams from the outside looking in that, you know, are going to try to take some of these spots. So you got to be aware, but um, not much of a shakeup in division one. So East Providence retains that fifth spot. They haven't, they, they got all the league games out of the way. Um, they haven't, you know, lost, um, you know, they play a, a tough Portsmouth team in a non-league game and ended up winning that even though in overtime, but, you know, it shows, you know, they're a strong team. 
outside looking in right there, though, Cumberland and North Kingston are going for that fifth spot, right? They won that fifth spot. So they have one league game left where East Providence is done. So, if, you know, if they get some meaningful wins in these last games or a very convincing win, they might easily take that fifth spot from East Providence in the power rankings. Uh, number four, Mount Pleasant. Yes, they lost this week to LaSalle. LaSalle was able to show why they're number, the number one team in the state. Um, but just that loss this week doesn't really put East Providence or any other team ahead of Mount Pleasant. Um, had Cumberland beaten Woonsocket, maybe they would have made a case for jumping all the way to number four because, you know, they would have had um, a very good record, but yet, you know, able to maybe jump over Mount Pleasant because, you know, they would have had some big wins. But they lost to Woonsocket. So Woonsocket kind of plays spoiler there to Cumberland. So don't blame <laughs> me. Blame Woonsocket if you're not happy for not being in the <laughs> Number three continues to be classical. Um, that tough to, that loss to East Province has proven to be very tough for them to kind of climb up any higher. Um, but their, yeah, I mean, their performance against St. George's was just, I know not in league, but to show they're going to be really tough in the playoffs. So whoever has to play them in the playoffs, you know, get ready because classical is coming to play. Number two continues to be Hendrickson. Uh, you haven't done anything to lose that spot. And then number one, you know, I know I had LaSalle, had a lot of, got a lot of slack for picking LaSalle number one early in the year from everyone, including Jeff. Um, <laughs> to be that, they, you know, they belong there. Um, um, they, they, they haven't played some of the other top, toughest teams, but, you know, they did beat um, some tough teams. So it'll be good to see um, these playoffs. But what do you think about this Division One rankings? Yeah, like you said, that much of a shakeup. But, yeah, I, I agree that they look good. I know I gave some slack about LaSalle being uh, – Number one over classical for a little while there. Uh, but I think these are uh, some, uh, you know, I think these are good. I mean, they look they look great. Like you said, I think Cumberland had that opportunity to make that jump in and they had a tough loss against Minsocket. Uh, but it's going to be interesting when the playoffs, because I think, you know, your, your kind of top teams are kind of set up. You can see what happens with those guys when they face each other. Yeah, and honestly, it, it like I said, I think the pivotal games for Division One, at least for the point as it relates to the power rank, is not necessarily playoffs. Is what Cumberland and North Kingston do with their last game. So you know, if they both, you know, if one of them wins just by like forty or or has a very big win in this last week, um, they might take that fifth spot from East Providence. So that's something to look out for this year. But yeah. the playoffs is a completely different animal, and with the seeding, so that's something we have to see to see where people stand right now. Definitely, definitely. But then, and then obviously, like we always say, state kind of just works itself out with a minor shakeup. So you'll see um, number one continues to be LaSalle. Um, you know, ever since Hendrickson lost that first spot um, by losing to Classical, LaSalle has taken over that spot and has not let go. And honestly, um, Raph and Dimitri are just that good. Um, and then some of their, their role players have just been playing amazing as well. Number two, Hendrickson. You know, they've climbed up, but, you know, not been able to overtake LaSalle because LaSalle hasn't lost. Um, but but they're up there as well. Number three, Classical. Very, very good team. Like I said, um, it's just there's so many good teams in Division One. You know, you, number three doesn't make you a bad team. You're still that good. Um, then number four, a little shakeup. East Greenwich jumps up one spot. So yeah. although that loss didn't hurt Mount Pleasant in Division One power rankings, you know, there is a team in Division Two that's that good that hasn't been losing. Um, so you losing again kind of gives East Greenwich that spot. Um, I think East Greenwich can compete against anybody um, in the state. So it'll be good to see, you know, unfortunately there's not a state tournament this year. It would yeah. be good to see them face some of those other teams. Number five, Mount Pleasant, they dropped one spot. Um, no shame there. Had a tough loss against 
the number one team in the state. But so it only drops on one spot, but um, they're still a very, very good team. I'm a since East Providence, they keep that spot. Like I said, East Providence, your spot is in jeopardy, depending on kind of what Cumberland and North Kingston do. So those are two teams that can kind of jump into the rankings anytime now. Number seven, Pilgrim, been playing amazing all year um, and stay in that top 10 spot. Pilgrim could play against any D1 team as well, I think. Number eight, Portsmouth. Um, number nine, Wheeler. Like I said, that could have been flip-flop had Wheeler um, beaten Johnson. Who knows how high Wheeler could have gone if they, they were still undefeated, but that, love, that loss to Johnson is, is pretty tough. And then number 10, North Kingston. So North Kingston had been out of the rankings for a little bit, uh, but I think, you know, they're, they're going to pick it up as they always do towards the end of the year. Um, could have been Cumberland. Again, that loss in Wasaka has been very tough for Cumberland. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like they lost by a lot, but it's a tough loss. Yeah. So um, North Kingston um, gets that 10th spot. But, you know, Cumberland could jump in easily, um, depending on what they do this last week. Yeah, yeah. I think they just look great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's Wheeler, you know, they got their season going. They make the jump in there. And then North Kingston makes, makes the jump back in there. I think uh, North Kingston's a, a very good team, too, as well, too. Wheeler is, too. Uh, these are these are awesome. It would be great to see, you know, East Grand play one of these Division uh, One schools as well, too. Uh, you know, I know they did play CD. And they beat PCD when the division would be cool to see them play in the state tournament against some of these guys. Same thing with Pilgrim and Portsmouth. Those those teams are um, very good stacked, like Division two teams along with Wheeler. So it'd be interesting to see. It would be cool to see these mix-ups. Was uh where was Davies on this? Were they on the cusp or were they close to making that top? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough because I think um, especially with this season being shorter, it gives those division three less of a sample to 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 kind of show that they belong. So obviously Davies is still undefeated, but they're nine and all, right? So it's nine wins. In a regular in a regular year, they might've been by now, you know, 16 and all, you know, and then at that point you're like, man, 16 games in a row, you have to get them in. So it's tough, but you know, I saw Davies playing St. Andrews Prep and obviously it's St. Andrews Prep. Um, so they ended up losing by a lot, but they play well at the beginning. They, you know, so so that shows what they can do against very athletic big teams, which is usually the difference between D1 and D3. So, you know, if, if Raheem goes off, they can probably, you know, compete against any team. So um, it's not far-fetched that they could have been um, ranked, um, but it's just a shorter season, a shorter time for them to be able to make a case. So yeah, that's tough. I mean, I mean, if, if they win out the Division Three playoffs, you know, maybe you know by the end of the year they can end up being in there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, well, let's see this Division One playoffs, and then we'll see what, if there's been any shakeup or any changes. All right. Here are Division One playoffs outlook. Again, this is the season ended today, and as well, Division One is the same as Division Two. We have the five seed versus the uh, the five South seed versus the four North seed, and vice versa for five uh, North versus uh, four South. And same thing with two south versus three north and then uh, two uh, north versus three south. So this is what the playoffs would look like uh, today in Division One. We'd have the number uh, four seed versus East Grange in the north, uh, East Providence, sorry, uh, number four East Providence in the north versus number five Narragansett in the south, uh, number four Central in the south playing number five Barrington in the north. Uh, LaSalle is the number one seed in North, so they will end up playing the winner of 4-5. Cumberland still able to keep their playoff hopes alive, and they're number three seed in the North, and they play a number two classical in the South. 
Fisher Hendrickson gets that number one seed at the moment uh, as their number one seed in the South versus uh, winner of, they will play the winner of the four or five seed of the Central Barrington matchup. And we have uh, North Kingston in the South versus Mount Pleasant in the North. What are your thoughts on these potential matchups? And if the season were to end today, what would you, how excited would you be for these games? <laughs> uh, these players would be exciting from the, from the beginning. So like, just being able to see, you know, East Province of Narragansett. Narragansett is a very tough, tough, hard-nosed team. Um, so it, they would be, you know, a handful for East Province, who's currently, you know, ranked in the top five in Division One. But, you know, they're going to you – know, they would have to face a tough Narragansett. So that would be fun to watch. And then Sancho versus Barrington would just be amazing. Like watching uh, Jaden Levent versus uh, Matt Raffa would be really good to watch. Um, obviously, Barrington loses a very key player in Sean Bono for the rest of the year, but I think they'll still have enough firepower to compete against anybody. So that'll be good to see. And then once we get into the top eight, like once there's eight teams to go, like all those matchups are amazing. So LaSalle versus whoever would be good. Um, Cumberland versus Class will be a really good game. Now with Colin back, it's it's different. It's different. So Cumberland versus Class will be a really good game. I would love to see, you know, um, Colin versus Marquise. Um, Buchanan at classical, just them going back and forth at it, it would just be, just be amazing to watch. And then, you know, Hendrickson having to face any of those two teams that come over. Um, and then North Kansas versus Mount Pleasant would be a battle. Like, that would be probably the key game in, in that in that round um, because those are two really good teams. Uh, so it would be good to see Mount, obviously Mount Pleasant, you know, lost against some of the top teams, but it would be good to see them against North Kingston just to see if they're real or not. So, yeah, I mean, this would just be a tiny from beginning to end. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be some great, great matchups, uh, you know, and once those official scenes get in, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it'd be good. I think that Cumberland classical game would, like you had mentioned, would be probably one of the, uh, the better ones in the top of the North Kingston versus Mount Pleasant because Owen uh, Moynihan has been balling out. Ansel Hayes has been balling out. So it'd be good to see those two guys go against each other. It'd be a lot of fun. These would be some, a lot of fun games to watch. I feel like much watch TV here, but yeah, it looks, looks pretty good. I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs to get going. I mean, we've been talking about them all, you know, for the past couple of weeks, so the bracketology has been coming out. So we've been getting, getting excited, uh, getting pumped up for these games. No, definitely. Definitely. This will be, I'm, I'm ready for them to start. Obviously it's kind of bittersweet because once the playoffs are, that means the season is almost over, but um, definitely it'll be good to get to, to watch all these games and better than ever, you know, even if we can't be in one building like we have been before watching all these games, you know, they're all streams. So it'll be good to just be able to watch all of them instead of four different streams and just be watching all of them would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, just very, very excited to look forward to these uh, playoffs. Great, great show this week. So we had some great matchups, uh, some in- some upsets, some undefeated se- seasons ruined. Uh, you know, just a lot of fun. Looking forward to the playoffs as the season comes to an end on Wednesday. Were any uh, last things you want to say, Ramon, before we sign off? And, you know, I know... No, I think, like you said, it's been a great year. Um, glad they were able to add this final week so teams could get kind of all their games in. So, you know, there's still some pivotal games. I know, you know, I had promised the season awards for this show, but I think, you know, with some more games still left, I want to kind of give players a chance to make a statement because there's a lot of the the awards are still kind of very close on who, you know, who we're choosing or who's getting honorable mentions and whatnot. So um, still, this last week still matters. So wanted to get to see that. But just looking forward to, one, the playoff seed and kind of, being completely solid so we can know who's going to play who and then just to see how these these kids end the season and just want to kind of congratulate all them all the seniors that were able to play this year um 